Dallas-Fort Worth. Of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. I was just talking about Dr. Edward Tree. I don't know if his ears are ringing, but when we were in uh, Texas over the weekend, Deacon Dom and I gave the uh, retreat for the Archdiocese and Diaconate get-together, the deacons and their wives. We had about 160 or 170 deacons and their wives, along with some deacons who are widowed or celibate. It was a great weekend, and uh, we were talking about the great work of the Augustine Institute and all the wonderful things that they do and how it's a great resource for teaching materials. And, of course, the books of the wonderful Dr. Edward Tree, including his latest, The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues and the Freedom to Love. Hey there, my friend. How are you? Very good to be with you. Doing well. Thank you. Good. And you know what? This is so timely right now because I was just explaining, was it yesterday? I can't remember. You know how the days start to run together. I was talking about this very important uh, amicus brief that the amazing uh, Helen Alvary and some other uh, Catholic legal experts have put together with professional women from various walks of life in response to this amicus brief that was filed by with the Supreme Court by these athletes saying they need abortion, Ted, to be successful and I thought talk about not understanding true freedom and, and feeling that they have to be bound by by this horrible thing of abortion you know and, and so your book I think understanding what true freedom is is so important yeah you know the the title of the book the art of living it's taken from uh, something Pope Bendix said well even before he's Pope Bendix he's Cardinal Ratzinger he gave an address many many years ago and he talked about how in this secular age where there's so much confusion right where Athletes think, you know, like this is the number one goal in life. I've got to score more goals or points and, you know, happen to get pregnant because I can either have, you know, sex whenever I want and something goes wrong. Well, then I need abortion. I mean, you just see like the, the, the complete, <laughs> you know, upside down turning of priorities in life. Uh, but Pope Benedict once said that in the secular age, the problem isn't simply that we've lost faith or that we don't know catechism or the Bible. I mean, those are big problems. But the problem is actually so much deeper. We don't know how to live. Mm-hmm. We don't know the basics of how to live life. We don't know the basics of how to live friendship. We don't know the basics of how to pursue happiness. We don't know the basics of how to live marriage and how to build a family life. Uh, he says we have lost the art of living. And in the new evangelization, as we're trying to pass on the faith in the secular culture, whether it's out in our parishes or you know, with our friends, but even in our own homes and raising children, it's not enough today just to make sure we have good catechesis. We have to go to, to, to really basic things uh, about friendship, love, happiness, and 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 we but we've lost these things. And I, I hear this in my work in focus. I hear this all the time from young people that you know they they often you know they hear about theology of the body when they're 22 years old. They're like, why didn't anyone teach this to me when I was younger? Uh, or I hear married couples who've been struggling for years, and they hear the church's vision for marriage, and they're like, why didn't anyone tell me this? So I hear parents you know, who've been raising kids for 10 years and they're struggling and they're drowning and, you know, they're, they're not sure exactly what, if they're doing the right thing. And, they, and, and then they hear uh, a deeper vision about how to form your children in virtue and character. And they're like, why didn't anyone tell me this? And it's because our secular age has withheld the art of living. The good news, Teresa, is that yeah. there is a great tradition that goes all the way back 
to, to Jesus, the early church. It goes back even further to great thinkers like Aristotle and Socrates and others. And that tradition is the tradition of the cardinal virtues. And, and that's what we need to really zoom in on. And I, I think there's many good, devout, pious Catholics out there that love Jesus and they pray, but they're not thinking intentionally about how do I grow in virtue right. so I can live better? How do I form virtue in my children and my friends? And you know, and that, that great art of living, that great tradition of the virtues is what I'm trying to unpack. By the way, we're talking with Dr. Edward Shree, his latest book, The Art of Living, uh, all about the cardinal virtues. How do you think we've gotten to the point where we are today where just the basic understanding of how to get along as human beings and human nature, we're just so far away from everything now. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's because, you know, uh, I mean, well over 100 years ago, there's a movement known as and then the Enlightenment. It goes back mm-hmm. to about 300 years almost. And in that period, without getting too philosophical on the audience here, but basically it just said that, you know, we want to be independent thinkers. We want to think for ourselves. That's what we need to train the next generation into. There's a whole philosophy that, like, this is true enlightenment. We don't want to follow tradition. We all follow tradition of the church, tradition of your parents, tradition of society. So it's basically go go just figure out life on your own. So this whole idea that we hear about, you know, we're going to teach you to, to think for yourself. Like that, that, that's, that's a line from the enlightenment. Whereas, no, no, I, I don't want to think. I, yes, I want to use my brain. I want, I want my, my brain informed by the great thinkers like Aquinas and Augustine and John Paul II, you know, uh, I, so that I can make good decisions in life. So I think it was that movement way back then that affects, you know, philosophy, it affects parenting, uh, educational philosophies. Uh, and, and so we have a whole generation now that's just trained, just go, go make it up on your own. Yeah. You know, in the book, I often use the analogy of imagine if you wanted to learn piano as a child and you're all excited and somebody said, oh, you know, here, here, here's a piano. Go figure out how to play on your own. You be your own piano player. You're special. Well, you're not going to get really far in life compared to others who get teachers and training and learn about who Mozart and Bach and Beethoven are and learn musical notation. If you never got that, and all you got was a piano, and everyone just applauding you and saying, you're special, and you figure out how to play Twinkle Twinkle, you know, and then you go off to college and you hear someone that can play, um, you know, a Mozart, you know, piano concerto, you're going to feel cheated. You're going to feel like, why didn't anyone give me teachers and lessons and teach me about the tradition? And that's how many young people today feel. When they hear about the tradition of the virtues, they hear the truth of how to live life, I'll tell you, can I work with them? I mean, they feel cheated. Why didn't my parents give me this? Why didn't my schools give me this? Why didn't society give me this? Uh, again, we've lost the art of living, as Pope Benedict said, but the good news is we can go back. There is this great tradition of the virtues. It's right there in front of us. All we need to do is understand it better and unpack it for the next generation, and that's what my book is trying to do. Yeah. Okay, so when you look at the cardinal virtues, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I think the one that hits me the most is a lack of temperance that we have, the fourth cardinal virtue. Are you seeing the most uh, in terms of people pulling away from, from reality and the faith and you know, trying to figure out who we are as human beings in that area of the virtues, or what would you say are you seeing more or less of, Ted? What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. People often ask me this question, and, and I think temperance is where everybody goes, and I, and, I, and I get that because of the complete lack of self-control. We think life right. is just all about pleasure, you know, whether it's sexual pleasure or it's the pleasure of just tapping on my phone and continuing, you know, just spending my life in, in this, this social media world, you know, or playing video games, whatever. I mean, there's just lack of self-control, addictions all over the place, so I, I don't minimize the, the challenge and the lack of, of temperance. But, you know, these four cardinal virtues, you know, again, this, this, this is the way God made us. He made us to have all four of them, and they all, bal- you know, they li- help us to live a good, balanced, healthy life, and, and they give us freedom to love others. But if I had to pick one of the virtues that's 
that's you know really really stands out in my mind is, is where there's struggles today. I, I might actually point to prudence, a lack of prudence. And here's why: mm. prudence is called the charioteer of the virtues. It's like the, right. the first of them, uh, and and it has a certain primacy because you can have all the other virtues, but if you're not going in the right direction with your life, <laughs> you're using all your good talents and energies and skills, to, but leading you in the wrong direction. Ah, that's a great and, point. And, and, yeah. And and I think that today, especially, and I, again, maybe I'm, I, you know, because my work with young people, this is where I see the great challenge. I see great hearts; they love Jesus, they want to do good things in their life, but maybe they don't. They don't have the life experience because that's what we really learn through this: is through trial and error, from making mistakes, and you learn it from the wisdom of your elders. You learn from other people. I'm so grateful to have had great teachers, great priests. Um, just older men in my life speaking in, kicking my rear end when I was just a punk or whatever. You know? Right. Um, but also modeling for me how to be a good husband and, you know, men who are a few steps ahead of my life and how, how to do parenting well. And I just lived in a generation where, I don't know, I, I just wanted that mentoring. I wanted that guidance. But we live in a generation where uh, younger people today are, are told, you're special, you're amazing, here's your trophy. And and they're very concerned about appearance, you know, all the oh, yeah. social media and everything. You know, so they're scared to kind of admit to their boss, to other people, that I don't have it all together. I've got, I've got questions. And, and so I find that they, they try to, they put off this air of confidence. I know what I'm doing and I've got this down. And even when they ask for advice, it's almost like I'm asking for advice so that you know that I'm asking for advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're, like, they're not deeply kind of going, I'm just not sure what to do or... I, I, I don't know how to do my job, or I don't, you know, I, I'm getting in, getting married, and I'm, I'm a little nervous about these things. They just don't open up about these things. And so they, they try to give the appearance that i got it all together, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's in faith life or whether it's in family life. And because of that, because they don't really seek mentoring, they don't seek discipleship, they struggle. They really struggle on a whole set of things. And these are devout Christians as well. So that's where I, I, am, I, I just see if, if we have better prudence, then we would make better decisions on mm. how we parent our children. If we had better prudence, we would make better decisions on how I use my time and how I build a strong marriage. But that lack of prudence leads to many good people making bad decisions that impact their lives. Right. So if you have a lack of prudence, then it's going to lead you to, to less temperance and less self-control and thinking that you know you are all that in a bag of chips and, and you're God and God is not. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Like, yeah, so picture you're a parent, and, and so I make a decision. Well, everybody else in seventh grade has an iPhone, so I'm, I guess I'll just give my kid an iPhone. That's like a prudence, right? And then what that like a prudence does, though, is I give my seventh grader an iPhone, and, and then I just let them play on it all the time. You know, now all of a sudden I'm cultivating lack of temperance in my in my seventh grader. Yeah. You know, so, you know, prudence says, okay, well, what's for the greater good in life? And I don't have to have my child fit in on everything, and it's more important that I protect them and their soul. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to hold off on the iPhone for a couple of years, maybe. And I think about what it was like when, when you and I were growing up, and I know you're half Italian, and I was, I was doing a, a talk on media on Saturday for the Deacons and Their Wives, and you hear a lot of that from parents, and you bring up the issue of media, well, I don't want to invade my kids' privacy to, to have restrictions on it, and I sit there and I say, you know, till the day she died, my mother, who died at 94 last year, was invading my privacy and asking me all kinds of questions and telling me what she thought about what I was doing and blah, 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 because she cared about me, not because she was nosy, yeah. right? Yes. Oh, no, that, that's the key. And that's like, the, you know, the subtitle of my book is The Carmel Virtues and the Freedom to Love. And, you're, you're, you know, our parents love us. Our grandparents love us. And if you're a good parent, you love your kids, but you're, you're forming them in virtue. And let me maybe explain this idea of the freedom to love, because, you know, sometimes we can think of virtue, and this is how I used to think of it, it's kind of like, 
just for me, you know, like I need virtue. And they're like, they're like, I remember as a kid in Catholic school, I would think of them as like badges I could win, you know, like to be a good boy scout for Jesus. I got piety. Aww. I've got fear of the Lord. I've got fortitude. And, you know, and it's good, you know, and I want to grow in that. But, but I, I, over time, I've seen that the way the Catholic faith teaches about virtue, it's not just for me, it's for the people around me. My wife needs me to be virtuous. Right. My children need me to, virtu- to be virtuous. Because here's the deal. To the extent that I'm generous, kind, prudent, and courageous, I will do generous, kind, prudent, courageous things to love and serve my wife and children. But to the extent I lack kindness, I will do unkind things and hurt my wife's feelings. To the extent I lack generosity, I will do you know, selfish things that hurt my wife. Uh, to the prudence, I won't think the day through or the weekend through or the finances through, and I, I do things that hurt, will end up hurting my wife and my family life. Uh, if I lack courage, I will end up doing, you know, I won't stand up and, and do hard things to serve my family well. Uh, and so lack of virtue isn't just about me. It actually affects others. To the extent I lack virtue, to that extent, I'm just not free to love the people in my life. Yeah. And this is the key. You know, we live in a world where, oh, I love you, I love you. You know, anyone could say I love you. Some people might sincerely mean it, but it's actually only those who possess virtue that have the interior freedom to give the best of themselves in love to God and the people in their lives. That's why we want to grow in virtue. We've got to run after this. We can't just be devout Catholics that are orthodox and believe all the right things and say all the right things. God wants to transform our hearts mm-hmm. and help us to live like Him, to imitate Jesus. That's what these virtues are all about, and that's what we need to instill in our children in the next generation if they want to have any hope of, of living faith in the secular yeah. age. This is such an important book, ah. The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues and the Freedom to Love by our friend, Dr. Edward Shree. It's just so important, and I know you do so much great work as one of the founders of Focus a fellowship of Catholic University students, but I think this book is for all of us, Ted, and I'm sure you know you meant it for young people, but for everyone, correct? Oh, yeah. No, no. In fact, so many examples are from, like, real-life examples from challenges in the workplace, you know? Like when you're, you know, your boss asks you questions, you're wondering, I'm worried about my boss, what's he, what's he wondering? Yeah, I can give all these examples, like, oh my goodness, is my job okay? And, and we start to worry. Well, that, that lack of virtue, when we fall into anxiety, what do we do in those moments? It's real life examples. We've already talked about parenting, real life examples from tension in marriage. You know? So in other words, it, it, it's really, it, 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 I give examples all over the adult world, you know, and cause that's what we need. We need virtue today. If we want to be the kind of men and women that others can rely on and depend on in life. You know, I, I, I give an analogy. You know, I'm a big soccer fan. That's part of my Italian blood. Soccer. Okay, I got 30 seconds. Wrap it up in 30 seconds because we're going to go and want to get you cut up. off. Go ahead. You, okay. You give my kids the ball, and they're going to do great things with it. But when I go out in the soccer field, when I play, other people are, I don't know if I want to get Dr. Shree the ball because I don't know if he's going to do a good job with it because I, I don't have the skill of soccer. We want the skills of life so that other people can depend on us. That's Amen. what the virtues are. And that we can score all kinds of goals for Jesus and the church. There you go. Woohoo! Viva Italia. Okay, thanks. <laughs> the Art of Living, a terrific book published by Ignatius, and I was proud to endorse it. The Cardinal Virtues and the Freedom to Love by our friend, Dr. Edward Shree. We'll be right back. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. 
This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. The EWTN home video highlight for November is Speak of the Devil, Spiritual Warfare. This EWTN original docudrama based on the parable of the prodigal son imparts valuable insights on how to be battle-ready in the spiritual war we all face. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week or call 1-800-854-6316. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. He really doesn't need any introduction, but if you're not familiar with Father Joseph Mary Wolf uh, serving as the EWTN chaplain, here's a little background. He has an interesting background, and I always uh, talk to him about this because he's a, a former engineer. And my husband, who's a deacon, is also a former engineer, so I understand the personality very well. Anyway, Father Joseph Mary, born and raised in eastern Iowa in 1979, obtaining an undergraduate degree in electronic engineering uh, from the Institute in Chicago, the Devery Institute in Chicago. Now, after college, working as an engineer for GE Medical Systems for five years, and then he came to work as an engineer in 1985 for EWTN. And in 1987, he entered the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal World, becoming one of its founding members, ordained to the priesthood in 1993. So, Father, it's great to catch up with you again, just giving our listeners, if they're not familiar with you, I know most of them are, but just in case we have a new listener, I want to make sure they know a little bit of your background. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to talk about this latest book with insights from the one, the only, Mother Angelica. (laughs) So are you as excited about this book as I am in his sandals? Yes, and, uh, you know, this was actually the transcripts of programs she recorded in 1978. Wow. So this is before the television network began, and she had done two miniseries. One was titled In His Sandals. The other was Our Hermitage. They were both three programs, and they aired locally here in the Birmingham area, but also nationally in some ways. And um, so just those deep insights that she had, and I was talking to Mitch, Father Mitch Pacwa about this, and he said, you know, that was probably one of the things that inspired her to go ahead and found the network in 1981. Mm-hmm. So wow. Wow. had some beautiful insights. There's never um, a, a lack of, of insights to draw from, from her in terms of quotes and, and what she said about life. And she's someone who really uh, knew about walking in his sandals because of the suffering she endured over the years. Yes, that's for sure. And and she says, you know, that the gospel is something not just to be inspired and say, well, these are nice stories, but we're supposed to live it. And she said it's not easy to live it. And so 
we're called higher. We're called to greatness. We're called to serve the Lord. And so the gospel is challenging because it's calling us higher, right? And if mm-hmm. we're being called higher to be more than we are, then there's a certain um, demand upon us, but we have to correspond with that and choose that. So a lot of what she talks about is that we choose. So we have feelings particularly, like she struggled with her own Italian impatience, as she put it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she would have to make a choice to be like Jesus. And so she tells a story of how one time, she it was like two in the morning, she had bumped over this glass of water on her nightstand, and it was all over the place, and she was just upset. But then she thought about the fact, well, would Jesus get so upset about some little thing like this? And she just became aware of God's presence, and it was a profound moment of just experiencing his presence and his peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true, even in a little situation like that where you spill, you know, and one glass of water, I'm, I'm thinking of it as you're describing it, 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 depending on where it's located, can do, believe it or not, a lot of damage and you know, <laughs> what's around it, so you can understand her frustration. But this book covers so many things, I think, to which so many of us could relate right now, Father, you know, coming through everything we've come through in the last year. I mean, so many struggles and disappointments and, and so many challenges. And I'm not just talking about COVID. If we, if we look at uh, such disappointment in our leadership, uh, both in the church and outside the church, but she talks about getting through all of this and understanding what God may be doing in a particular situation. She talks about exercising faith, hope, and love, developing an attitude of gratitude, showing mercy, asking for forgiveness, helping uh, others find God through our example, and and also adding all of this to your efforts to become holy in terms of really Mm -hmm. dealing with something that happens that maybe we don't even understand. Yes, and she would talk about the fact that, you know, she'll have something that just, as she puts it, goes to pot. (laughs) It doesn't turn out the way that she had planned. But then she'll say, I'll sit back and ask and see how God will pick up the pieces, that he's there, he's mm-hmm. present, even in the mess, even in everything going south, as we would say, the disappointment, he's there and he's doing something. And even like the person who experienced a certain vacuum by being away from God, well, that's God acting. He's calling them to himself to look toward him. You know, one time I was speaking with a mother of 11 children, and I was surprised when she said, you know, when I used to feel lonely, I would call my girlfriends, but now I see it as a call to be with God. And Mm -hmm. I thought, how could you possibly be lonely with 11 children? (laughs) But (laughs) there is a certain part that only God can fill, a space that only God can inhabit. And so she now sees it as a call to be with God and pray. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Father Joseph Mary Wolf about the latest book uh, given to us from the insights of Mother Angelica and our friends at EWTM Publishing. It's entitled In His Sandals. So, Father, you started working as an engineer uh, for EWTN uh, back in 1987. How much influence, speaking of the influence of Mother, which we continue to draw from, did Mother Angelica have on your own vocation? But just being around her so much, what, what impact did it have? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I still benefit from EWTN and from Mother's programs and books and all of those things. And it was actually January of 1985. I was 26, and I came down here to work. The network network was only three years old, and they were dropping on and off the air. They were only on the air four hours a night. So Mother had a call, please, if you're an engineer, come help us. So 
I answered that call, and uh, you know, I started to go to daily mastering. Went that year, and then I just continued. And just the sister's example, mother's example of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, I began to spend time in adoration. And, uh, of course, working her live shows, learning from her wisdom and all the wonderful guests, you know, that come here and are on our programming. So what a wonderful experience it's been, an adventure, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hasn't always been easy right. when you follow the Lord, but it's, it's uh, an adventure and it's fulfilling, right? Yeah. Anything that's worth doing requires some sacrifice and, uh, and growth and love. It is it is incredible uh, what she shared with us over the years and how we can still you know glean so much from her wisdom, which is very practical and and just you know right right out there. She she did not mince words. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like the last chapter of this book because she talks to senior citizens, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, I'm getting close to that group, or maybe already there at 63. But she says that sometimes you see the people who get older and they see. Aging as a curse, and often our society will look at getting older as a curse. And there's no doubt we have maybe more aches and pains, and we're becoming more limited and so on. But we have to see, she said, getting older, aging as a blessing. A blessing because we can grow in the grace of God every day. She said, I want to live to be 100 years old. Mm. Well, she almost made it to 93. But she saw that as valuable because she said, you don't know the value of one more act of love, one more thought of love of God, or one more you know, act toward love of others. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break more with Father Joseph Mary Wolf on the latest book, Cleaning from the Wisdom of the Amazing Mother Angelica in His Sandals. We'll put a link to it on our Catholic Connection archive. You can also, of course, always find it at the EWTM Religious Catalog. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Dave Palmer asking you to please come out to Sacred Heart Books and Gifts this Monday, November 29th, during our live remote broadcast from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Sacred Heart is closing after 42 years, and this is our opportunity to show them how much we appreciate them and will miss the store. We have amazing raffle prizes for anyone who visits the store during our live remote, so please make plans to come out to Sacred Heart Books and Gifts, the live broadcast from the store Monday from 11 to 1. We hope to see you there. Hi, this is Norma Duane with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My husband Bob and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your current mortgage rate, payment, or term, we can be reached at 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender in MLS 12901. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. We hear those words in Scripture and we know that God loves each and every one of us and that is something truly to be thankful for. Let us be grateful for all the blessings of our lives and put God's love at the top of this list. This is Bishop Edward Burns of the Catholic Diocese of Dallas wishing you and your loved ones a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. Do you want a faith-filled Catholic community where your child will thrive? 
Discover Immaculate Conception Catholic School in Denton, where your child will receive the very best spiritual foundation, along with excellence in education. ICCS serves 250 students ages 3 through 8th grade. Whether it's living the rosary, the celebration of the Mass, or the formation of saints, scholars, musicians, and athletes, Our Lady School is the place to be. For more information, call 940-381-1155 to arrange a tour or visit catholicschooldenton.org. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. This would make a great gift. We've got Christmas coming up, so check it out. The latest Mother Angelica book, In His Sandals, from our friends at the EWTM Publishing House. You can go to EWTMReligiousCatalog.com to get more information. We'll also have a link, as we always do, on our Catholic Connection archive section at AveMariaRadio.net. Diving into this beautiful book is our friend, Father Joseph Mary Wolf from EWTN. Uh, Father, in terms of, I think, what I love about this book is that it can really apply to our situation right now many people you know just coming off the bishops conference uh, there's a lot of of course you know you've been following it and covering it on EWTN they didn't think it was some people say it wasn't strong enough some people are expressing great disappointment then we have all the problems that we're dealing with in the world with this current administration in the US attacks on religious freedom attacks on life and it can seem overwhelming and not to make much sense both in the church and outside the church what would mothers say do you think And I I know there's not specific, obviously, about this particular situation Mm -hmm. because her words are prior to this, obviously. But what do you think she would tell us about what's going on, not just in the world, but in the church as well? Well, I think, and thankfully, this uh, Eucharistic document is pointing us to the reality of Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. And, you know, Mother had a lot of opposition and uh, I remember the fifth anniversary, and we're now 40 years old in the network. And the fifth anniversary, Mother Angelica said, Yeah, you know, when we started, I heard them. They said, they'll never make it. And others said, I'll give them six months. Well, to all of you who said such things, ha, ha. <laughs> you know? And so where would she go when she experienced opposition inside or outside of the church? She would go before the Blessed Sacrament. She's a poor Claire. She was a poor Claire of perpetual adoration. And it was there that she would get light for the next step forward. And one of the things I like about this book, too, is chapter 5, where she talks about the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. And there's often a detail there that we often just overlook. We don't really give it much thought. How Jesus said, now go pick up the scraps you know, after the multiplication. And she says, well, it was in the grass. Some had been chewed on. and They were probably eating on the fish and the loaves for months. You know, it's kind of like leftover Thanksgiving dinner Mm -hmm. (laughs) until it was coming out of their ears. But if he was so concerned about those scraps, he's concerned about the scraps of our lives, the things Mm -hmm. that we don't want, our failures, our disappointments, even our past sins that he's going to nourish us with those two by helping us to grow in humility and in compassion for others. Yeah, yeah. And I think also that we have to remember, as always, and Mother Angelica would tell us this, that everything is not up to the leadership, whether it's in government or whether it's in the church. You know, that, that scripture verse, I'm trying to think of the actual uh, verse, but not putting your, your trust in princes and leaders of this world, mm-hmm. because we're all human and we're all going to make mistakes and sin. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't pray and hope for better 
uh, and more direct leadership and stronger leadership or whatnot, wherever, especially in the church. But at the same time, when we, I always think about it this way. My spiritual director has told me when I express my frustrations, okay, when you get God willing to the pearly gates, Jesus is not going to say, boy, that bishop or this priest or this particular leader could have done a much better job. You're going to be asked, what did you do? How much did you love? Yes, and I always say, what is the very best thing you and I can do to better our families, the church, the world? What's the very best thing that we can do? Well, the very best thing that we can do is live in God's will today, faithfully serving Him with our ear open to the Holy Spirit. How do you want me to use, how do you want to use me this day? Here I am. Use me however you will for the extension of your kingdom, Lord Jesus. And if we're doing that, that's the very best thing that we can do. And it's going to change the world. There's going to be this transformation in us. And as Mother says in this book, it's going to flow out of us toward others. Yeah. What do you think Mother would have to say about, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but since we brought it up earlier, I think you, I think you could handle it, because I'm sure you've been asked about it since, since it happened in all the discussions this week. What do you think she would say about the, uh, the document that was agreed upon? Um, I, I thought, of course, I was, I was hoping for more, but I wasn't expecting more. However, I, I was glad to see an emphasis on the catechesis and also on the, on the Congress and the emphasis over the next few years culminating in 2024. What were your thoughts on it? What do you think Mother would say? Yes, and apparently the document's not been made public yet, but apparently there's a distinction between venial and mortal, mortal sin and sins, necessity, right. mm-hmm. uh, necessity of making confession before receiving Holy Communion. So that's a general principle that we need to have, you know, made expressed, expressed again. But Jesus is with us all days until the end of the world. Most people don't think about St. Francis except in association with animals. Well, right. he had a great love of the Eucharist. And he wrote more about the Eucharist than anything else. And he said, it's in this way that he remains with us all days until the end of the world. Well, if that's true, and it is, then he's with us. He's, in the, he's the heart of our churches, as Pope Paul VI wrote in his credo. And we can always go to him. He will give us light. He'll give us direction. And I think there's nothing really that we could do better for the church than point toward his reality in the Blessed Sacrament. I, I thought I saw it in terms of there's a great quote on the Catholic News Agency story this morning from Archbishop uh, Aquila uh, in Denver talking about the importance of, of really educating and reaching out to Catholics who, who may not know. Now, you can look at particular leaders who are out there claiming to be Catholic and then doing everything you know in their power against the Church, but at the same time, uh, many people who are still receiving the Eucharist, Father, in, in many cases, have not been taught properly. We know that. Yeah, and you know, I, was, I had Catholic education, and um, when I came to work for the network, I really didn't know very well the doctrine of the Eucharist. I was an engineer. That was my focus. And I really didn't have an intention of being a priest or religious, although I felt these promptings within me that God was calling me. And it was something that I grew in through the example of the sisters and Mother Angelica and the teaching on the network. I began to to grow in that understanding, but also appreciation and then the experience. So you know, myself, where do I find help and comfort and light? I go before the Blessed Sacrament, and we have a holy hour every day as part of our community's way of life. 
And I always say to people, if I had only one piece of advice to give you, it would be this. Get as close as you can to the Eucharist because it will change you and the Lord will give you light and strength for the journey. Beautifully said. So this would make a great, don't you think, a great uh, Christmas gift, Father, this book? It is. It's a nice little book. It's got very practical examples uh, that are related to our own lives and our struggles and our challenges, you know. So she says, I'll just close with one thing that Mother says about uh, Philip. So the multiplication of the loaves and fish, it says that the Lord tested Philip Mm. by asking him, where, how are we going to feed these people? And she said, Philip might have said, well, Lord, I don't know, but you know. You can You're do God, something. you can do it. Go ahead, <laughs> but, go ahead. <laughs> but, he, but he says, look, 200 days wages wouldn't feed these people. Right. <laughs> so he looked at the practical and what, what seemed to be impossible rather than looking to Jesus. Right. And that's what we need in our own lives. Father, great to catch up with you. I look forward, hopefully, to chatting with you at the March for Life. Uh, looking forward to getting back there. Father Joseph Mary Wolf, always great to, to grab his insight as well. And he's commenting on this beautiful new book from EWTM Publishing, The Wisdom of the One, the Only Mother Angelica, revealed in this new book, In His Sandals, A Journey with Jesus. From my friends again at EWTM Publishing. All families interested in learning about Catholic education are invited to join Ursuline Academy of Dallas, an all-girl Catholic college prep school located at 4900 Walnut Hill Lane in Dallas. To learn more about the school's admission process, all are invited to grow, serve, and lead by exploring Ursuline this fall by visiting ursulindallas.org slash admissions. Application deadline is January 7th. The school serves girls from 9th through 12th grade. Would you like to learn the foundational science that forms the basis of all methods of natural family planning and get connected to a professional community that will allow you to foster your career? An online training program offered by BOMA USA, the Billings Ovulation Method Association, and paid for by the Catholic Foundation is available only until the end of this year. All health professionals and students qualify. For more information, contact Craig at 469-877-4821 or email him at craig at boma-usa.org. Everyone loves a great story, right? Well, if you'd like to be treated to an interesting and uplifting story each week, be sure to listen to the That's the Word podcast from Father James Yamauchi, pastor of St. Joseph Parish in Waxahachie and longtime priest in the Dallas Diocese. Each Wednesday, Father James presents a wholesome and intriguing tale suitable for the whole family. Just do a search for That's the Word podcast online each Wednesday to hear the latest tale. Hello, my name is Esther Fernandez, a new sponsor at KATH 19 AM and a realtor with JPN Associates. I'm a parishioner at Holy Spirit Parish in Duncanville and a longtime supporter and volunteer with the Guadalupe Radio Network. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? If so, you can reach me at 214-845-1753. That's 214-845-1753. Or by email at estherzfernandez at gmail.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-Z Fernandez at gmail.com. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. Hope you're having a beautiful day and a week so far as we are, gosh, can't believe Thanksgiving already, right? Uh, This incredible time of year moving quickly uh, through the holidays and uh, through the liturgical calendar. 
Advent, and of course we have uh, Christmas, and Christmas season is, is kind of short. I wish it were longer, actually, and then Epiphany. But what are we going to do with the Advent season, and what are we going to do in light of uh, all of the craziness in our world and all the suffering and all the heartbreak, including the horrendous situation that happened in Wisconsin with many of our own people affected by it. I mean, we're all brothers and sisters, of course, care about every single human person, but this struck very, very close to home with a priest injured and also several Catholic school children injured in Wisconsin with that man who drove his SUV. Lord, help us through the crowd that this beautiful parade on Sunday. So we're going to talk about these things with Father John Burns related to his new book, Adore, a guided Advent journal for prayer and meditation. And Father, thanks for joining us. I know this must be a difficult time for you in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Um, and you've done a lot of great work in ministering, not only to your own congregation, but with your work as a writer and a speaker. You're also the author of the best-selling book, Lift Up Your Heart, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Francis de Sales. I love St. Francis de Sales, patron saint of journalists. And you were ordained uh, in 2010 and have uh, many, many great experiences out there. And you also were an adjunct professor of moral theology at the Sacred Heart Seminary and School of Theology. So, Father, let's talk first of all, before we get to your book, and actually it ties in with your book, about what the Lord is saying to us in the midst of so much suffering out there and so much insanity where the world is just upside down. And you're seeing that right before you in your own archdiocese. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to be with you, Teresa, and everybody here on air. It's, uh, you're right. It's, it's, it's just been like a crazy, I mean, it's been a crazy couple of years, frankly, but right now it just seems like a lot is just coming right to the surface. And this one, yeah, the stuff in Waukesha hit right at the core. That's in our archdiocese. One of our priests was hospitalized, a stepmother of one of our seminarians deceased oh. from the accident. So just this stunning, heartbreaking reality hit our Catholic high schools out there. A lot of those families are hit by the whole reality. Um, and I was, I was praying through that. I was like, Lord, what? First off, I always ask, like, where are you? But the second off, like, why now? And, and, and what's the pattern here that we can discern? Because God always works in patterns. And I was thinking, like, everybody's asking why, right? And, like, there's no, we have to kind of admit is sin is not logical. Like, logos, logic, logos is the word, right? Logic mm-hmm. is of God, truth, coherence. Sin is the opposite. It, there is no logic to sin. It's illogical. It's chaotic. It's disordered. So we look at this stuff. We can't make sense of it except to say that hearts are close to Jesus, and they're they're unwilling to consent to what's actually true, objectively, universally, eternally. And so wherever that's going on in hearts, there's going to be chaos. There's going to be destruction. There's going to be division. And we're seeing that uh, rise up in a really ugly way here right now. But as you you pointed out, um, as related to Advent too, I was praying about that technical stone yesterday. It's like this is the whole story of God. Uh, we were stuck in the chaos. Sin reigned. We had no way out. We couldn't figure out how to survive on our own, and God interrupted the chaos and said, I'm coming, as I promised for centuries, I'm coming so the chaos doesn't win, so the darkness does not triumph. I'm coming into all of that to give you the logos, to, to give you the logic, to give you the way, to give you the truth, to give you the life. And that's Christmas, and that's what Advent's for, is, is to really get us ready for that. So as the world's darkness and kind of this chaos can be pretty fascinating slash terrifying, uh, we just have to keep on lifting our minds to mm-hmm. the real truth that God's bigger than that, and he's also interrupted it perpetually by grace so the chaos doesn't win. Yeah. We're talking with Father John Burns. It, his book is just beautiful. It's illustrated by Valerie Delgado. It's entitled Adore, a Guided Advent Journal for Prayer and Meditation. Uh, you're, you're saying things that are so descriptive in terms of you know the God just bursting in 
to the darkness and and boy we need that right now sometimes oh father i think we can easily get caught up because we're all busy we can easily get caught up in the way the world celebrates and they don't consider it you know these holy days they consider it more of a, a commercial or, or a thing for more consumerism and they move from event to event to event to event without really even savoring the time with which we're in i mean by july you start seeing you know christmas sales right uh you, then you move into august and you're all the way people see all kinds of things for fall then all of a sudden you move into christmas by now i think the end of september early october with christmas music playing and we don't have time to slow down and to really adore as your book says yeah that's actually why i i wrote the book to be honest just because i as a, as a parish priest, walking with people and watching, yeah, just like the tide of the culture and the tide of materialism, consumerism, uh, but even like the good things of like being busy with parties and celebrations and family. There's a lot to this that's really good, but it just can be super overwhelming and it's really loud. And to your point earlier, like the Lord is interrupting this chaos. He's coming to save us. But what's fascinating to me to pray with is uh, the, the hymn Silent Night and really the setting of, of Bethlehem. It's, it's under cover of darkness that God sort of quietly slips into creation. I, I often refer to it as like God's preference for silence and subtlety, that this whole interruption actually begins really gently. And, and that gentleness and that hiddenness is really the story of Advent, uh, tuning into the fact that God is here, and God actually wants to weave his life with our life and come underneath and into all the activities and the frenetic and the chaotic stuff that we do, because he's, he's here in the midst of it all to continuously reorient the narrative toward truth. So if we don't figure out a way in Advent to, to carve out a little bit of space for listening, for reflection, for journaling, we get swept away. And that's what happens yeah. every year. And again, that's why I wrote the book. It's, I don't, I don't want to have to watch people exhausted again by the time Christmas arrives because there's so much more here from the Lord. Well, exhausted and only just from the, the whole Christmas activities and trying to check off the list and we're, we're all busy and have things to do, but exhausted from the world and, and everything that the world is throwing at us and what it has been throwing at us the last two years, especially with COVID. Yeah, totally. And that's like, we can fixate on that and stare at it and it will destroy our peace because it seems like there's no way out. And, and again, this is a place, something that was a thematic through my prayer when I was writing the book was was our own poverty and the need for us to really admit, like, I'm, I'm not okay, I can't do it on my own, and I can't fix this. Um, our, our sort of self-reliant tendency is to look at the world and be like, we gotta, we got to fix everything. And there right. are definitely things we need to do to, to change the way we're living as a people and as a world. But there's also this need to be like, no matter what's on my heart there, I can't do it without God. And right. if I'm trying to do it without God, I'm immediately putting up the walls, and, and grace is impeded in my life and in the world. And that's a huge pivot point, because we hate to admit that we're not okay. You know, like, yeah. showing weaknesses seems to be like the defeat of the human person. But before God, we have to actually be weak. We have to be poor. Augustine said man is a beggar before God. We have to yeah. cry out. That's a part of what this season invites us to, to recognize that the baby who's born is someone we desperately need. And to need yeah. a baby, that seems strange. But we need, we need the incarnate, eternal Word who comes to save us. Amen. We're talking with popular author and speaker, Father John Burns from the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. His new book, it's just beautiful. The, the, the illustrations are gorgeous. It's called The Door, and it's a guided Advent journal for prayer and meditation from our friends at Ave Maria Press. We'll give you the link on the Catholic Connection Archive section. You can grab the book 
and do it quickly. Order it overnight so you have it for Advent. You know, Father, I always, um, as I said earlier, I'm somewhat of a cockeyed optimist. I, 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 looking through the world through the lenses of Scripture and, and our Catholic faith, as my colleague uh, Al Cresta always says, Catholic teaching is, is, is so beautiful in all of the ugliness and craziness. For example, earlier this week I did a whole thing on the media. That's my area of expertise. And looking at what's happening with the media and going to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the teachings on the social use of, of communications, and four or five paragraphs that are so timely and speak it's as if they were written yesterday given what's happening in with, with the press this day i don't even want to call them the press because they're not even even journalists anymore but the church gives us this beauty in every area of our lives if we would only tap into it yeah it's the truth you're, you're speaking the truth right there Teresa. and i think we maybe can um, step back from our approach to the mainstream media and recognize like there was a time when this was a very important way of sharing life and sharing information and that time has passed. Right. Uh, this group of people, by and large, does not share our value system, which is a value system profoundly anchored in God and eternal realities. They don't right. share those things with us. They don't share our first or ultimate principles. And so very often, the narrative they're casting has nothing to do with the way of the Christian and the ultimacy with which we're supposed to be living our lives. So we don't have to give that sort of voice sway. Of course, it's out there, it's loud, but... We need to be critical of, of what we're hearing from them, and we need to be critical about why we're hearing it and, and what their intent is, because that intent very rarely aligns with the divine intent. Mm-hmm. So it's just not what it was, and I just don't think we have to treat it the same way that we used to. And so we look to uh, all these different sources of information that are authentic, that are seeking to convey the truth and to save us from the lies as opposed to perpetuating them. And to save them, too. We, we, we pray for them as well. We, we, we don't want, you know, God wants all men, all desires all men to be saved. I, I really uh, took a lot what you said earlier in the interview about, about sin and chaos, where God is order. And if you look at what the, what the culture is giving us in terms of not looking at reality, denying reality, whether it be the dignity of the human person, creating the image and likeness of God, male and female, gender ideology, as Pope Francis calls it, you look at that, you look at when you see the reality, for example, and I'm just using this because it just happened you know last week with the verdict coming down with the Rittenhouse case where you have video showing the man acted in self-defense you have a jury that was that was under incredible pressure god bless those people to do the right thing and to look at the facts of the case which is what they're supposed to do not decide on some big issue out there but you look at the reality of the situation and people denying reality father over and over and over again. That is chaos, and I think that helps us kind of sort this out to say, okay, how is God showing us the logic versus the chaos? That's a, that's a great way of putting it. And uh, in the end, once we've committed to uh, living on our own framework, on our own timeline, with our own end, um, there's very little room for the logic, and there's very little room for uh, even um, the idea of, of admitting that I may have been wrong mm-hmm. and I misunderstood things and I need to adjust. Like one thing we see in this really secularized, what other people are calling like a, the religion of wokeism, we see this, there's no room for reparation anymore. Right. There's no room for, hey, you know what? Uh, I made a mistake, you made a mistake, we both hurt each other. Uh, let's work toward let's living together. Let's sit down well. and talk about rage. it, right? It's all rage. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's why your book is so great, because it includes a scripture and liturgy-based meditation, beautiful art, which I think is awesome to reflect on the art. You have questions in there. You have prayers and also journaling space. So this can be used, Father, for both uh, personal and group use, correct? 
Yeah, we developed a, a small group resource, actually, if people want to do it. I've got a bunch of friends who do it with their families, their children, but also lots in parishes and schools um, so that a facilitator kind of has a set of questions to, to come back to in a weekly gathering uh, as you do the daily meditations, which are really brief. It's like one page of reflection and then some journaling. But to share that outside of yourself in the right setting often kind of breaks open the truth even further, and you realize there's just a lot more here uh, when we share it in common. And that furthers this advancement of the truth, like this type of praying together, even even in the mystical body, like all of us taking Advent seriously, that draws the yeah. whole mystical body upward, and we can pray for the conversion even of our enemies uh, by our uh, attempt to move upward in sanctity by consenting to God's grace. It actually mm. has an effect on the whole body when we become Absolutely. Old. Well, Father, know of our prayers, we could you to pray for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and all the people involved, uh, uh, whether they be Catholic brothers and sisters, whoever they are, so many of us impacted by what happened, and we continue to pray for you, and thank you for your leadership and your prayer. It's a beautiful book, and beautiful in many ways, including the illustrations. Father John Burns is a popular author and speaker. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. This beautiful Advent book entitled Adore, a guided Advent journal for prayer and meditation from our friends at Ave Maria Press. Thanks, Father. A happy belated Thanksgiving to you and also an early Merry Christmas. Not that I'm rushing the season or Advent. I'm just saying it if I don't talk to you before Christmas. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Prayers for you as we get into Advent. God bless. And we'll be right back on Catholic Connection. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. My latest book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist, Listen to Him, talks about how Jesus was 2,000 years ahead of modern enlightened psychology. If he's God, he knows the absolute best way to live, whether psychology agrees or whether it doesn't. Go to AveMariaRadio.net to get your copy. Jesus will tell you the best way to live. I would always hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic Church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic Church. I believe I was born into the Catholic Church and that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Location, location, location. These are the three most important factors in real estate. The same might be said for colleges. Trudging through snow to get to an 8 a.m. statistics class is a much different experience than breezing by a palm tree to the raucous applause of a laughing gull. With the average temperature of 84 degrees and wetland nature as your backdrop, it's no wonder students tend to stay once they visit our campus. Ave Maria University, your future location, location, location. Visit AveMaria.edu. 
Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN and the Ave Maria Radio Networks. Find us both online, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. In addition to the archives, you'll find daily at the archives section of AveMariaRadio.net. I always want to encourage you for news and views from a truly Catholic perspective please visit our news sources it's so important to make sure that you are seeing things through the lens as al cresta always says of scripture and the teachings of the catholic church so how do you do that well my faves catholic news agency i use them every day catholicnewsagency.com the national catholic register ncregister.com and then of course there are great programs here on the ewtn network that help you take a look at the news again through a catholic perspective you have the world over with news director raymond arroyo you have ewtn news nightly every single night covering all the stories in the U.S. and around the world, you have In-Depth. It's a relatively new program looking at issues in-depth from a news perspective. So just to keep that in mind, when you see something out there in the news or in the world and you're troubled by it, come to us. We've got the resources. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, this is Dave Palmer asking you to please come out to Sacred Heart Books and Gifts this Monday, November 29th, during our live remote broadcast from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Sacred Heart is closing after 42 years, and this is our opportunity to show them how much we appreciate them and will miss the store. We have amazing raffle prizes for anyone who visits the store during our live remote, so please make plans to come out to Sacred Heart Books and Gifts, the live broadcast from the store, Monday from 11 to 1. We hope to see you there. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. 
Blessed be the great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.